welcome back to the Act Two podcast, <laughs> a podcast for the real life working screenwriter. I am Tasha Hugh. And I am Josh Hallman. And as a reminder, Act Two is a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter, of which this podcast is just one of our many cool initiatives. So thank you for joining us here. And please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on our upcoming topics. You can give us a rating, write a comment, tell us how you feel about going back to the movies or maybe not going back to the movie theaters. If you'd rather DM us questions or topic suggestions, you just want to say hi to Josh, you can reach out to us at act2writers at gmail.com, which is all spelled out. Or on our Instagram at Act2Writers. You can also find me, Tasha, on Instagram at Story Thursday or on Twitter at Tasha3.0. <laughs> Listen, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Josh Hallman or Joshua Hallman. But who cares because we have a special guest <laughs> a- and his dog. <laughs> Luna and Dave. <laughs> I'm just going to put her on. That's okay. I love that. We've got Dave Levinson on. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, we have a very interesting topic that actually really stresses me out. (laughs) Um, That's about kind of the growing pains, uh, the sort of difference between writing for film and writing for TV. And we have Dave here, who is in our writers group, friend of the show. Go back and listen to the Welcome Home episode where he talks about how his movie got made. And actually, you can see his movie now right on netflix which is amazing do you want to like intro your movie re-intro it it just got added to netflix on june 1st and it is essentially an airbnb gone wrong thriller an airbnb nightmare story uh starring aaron paul of breaking bad and emily radikowski and they just play a couple who Rent, you know, this beautiful villa in Italy off of a home sharing website and they go for this wonderful romantic vacation and they meet sort of this mysteriously handsome neighbor who just kind of keeps showing up and the vacation does not go as planned. I was on my couch scrolling through Netflix and I see in the trending now area, welcome home. So good. And I lost my mind. In fact, I... (laughs) Message both Tasha and Dave, and Dave didn't respond to us for like an hour. I was eating dinner. It was stressing it's me old out. Old news to Dave. <laughs> but but everybody should watch it to let's let's keep it trending. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag welcome home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, right? I think so. Fuck yeah. Every time you talk about Welcome Home, I'm actually brought back to when I was in Hawaii because it was, I stared at, stayed at an Airbnb and it was before you had stayed at an Airbnb, but you were planning this movie and I was just sending you all the scary shit that was happening to me as I stayed alone in this Airbnb in Hawaii. So it's nice to talk about it because it just puts me back in Hawaii. I think I remember that. Was that the one where like there were a bunch of cameras on display? <laughs> And there were very weird mannequins that had been like torn apart and re-put together in these different ways right outside the, the street of where I was staying. Really? Yeah. You know, w- without getting into this, Tasha, I feel like you've had some interesting Airbnb experiences. <laughs> yeah. I feel like all my Airbnb experiences are just inspiration for Dave's movies. <laughs> just mm-hmm. Thrillers, terrifying thrillers. So much material for the, for the sequels. <laughs> All right. What the hell are we talking about today? What are we so doing? So we're talking about the difference between film and TV, particularly as a kind of on a craft level. And I would say that as long as I have known Dave, which is about like 10 years now, I think, you have been a feature writer. Dave writes yeah. movies, really cool ones. But you're now venturing into TV for the first time. And as we kind of talk about your pain in doing that, it reminds me a lot of my pain. And so we kind of just decided we'd just talk about it because it's so painful and use this as a therapy session. I was just going to say, this sounds like therapy. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is, I'm more excited now. I'm about to bear my soul. I'm going to sit back and be the therapist here because I'm stubbornly <laughs> existing in the uh, feature world. So I can ask you guys questions and learn from your pain. Well, actually... That's like kind of what I wanted to start with is that we actually 
are mostly screenwriters. We tend to write movies. That's certainly where we started. Technically, TV writers aren't actually called screenwriters because they don't write for the screen, which is something I learned only after joining the WGA. I thought we were all just screenwriters. But anyway, Question. yes. What am I watching my TV shows on? A small screen. A small That's screen. the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> There's everyone's screen. Okay, anyway. I didn't do it. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> all right. But I, my first question is kind of what made you guys choose film instead of TV way back when, 10 years ago, when we started Writers Group? Well, for me, I've always just been a huge movie buff going back to when I was, you know, three years old. And back then, I would, you know, if somebody asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up, the answer when I was a little kid was be an actor. And uh, I am in no way, shape, or form an actor, but I think that that was just like a way of saying, like, be in the movies, do movies. And actually, I had this best friend when I was a little kid. See, this is going to be therapy. Yes. <laughs> it's already started. <laughs> no, but I had this best friend when I was a little kid, and he would come over, and all our play dates would be like, we would play movies where we would like just make up stories and like make up a movie. And that's all that I ever wanted to do. So, you know, from when I was six or seven years old, all I wanted to do was make movies. Um, and I didn't, feel, I never felt that way about television. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't love yeah. TV. I watch TV all the time, of course, but movies are my first love. And I guess stemming from that, all of, all of my ideas that come to me are usually film ideas, feature ideas. Interesting. We're going to kind of get into that. What makes a an idea, a film idea, or a TV idea. And hearing you talk, it's very similar to my experience as well. Is there a time where you can remember you started watching more television and became more passionate about television? I mean, I feel like the easy answer is, you know, whatever they call it, like the golden age of TV that started back with like Breaking Bad, getting into Breaking like Bad. The, I feel uh, like The Wire, Sopranos feels like right around when it started. I almost said Sopranos, but I, so that was shortly before On Demand existed, I feel like. And I would watch The Sopranos consistently inconsistently, which I guess was sort of like a great thing about that show is you could do that. And then once, obviously once streaming or On Demand and then streaming became a thing and you could start binging shows, that's when shit got real. Yeah. I feel like the first thing that I really binged was Lost. Yeah, totally. That, like, started to ruin my life for a little while. I <laughs> yeah. Because I was so into it, and I would watch, like, I'd get up early to watch an episode before I had to, like, leave for class. And I remember one morning, all, like, being on campus and realizing that I hadn't brushed my teeth. <laughs> because I was watching an episode to, like, the very last second where I had to run out of my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, did you, how, like, why did you always just decide you wanted to do TV? I mean, features. Pretty much the same as Dave. I mean, I just grew up with movies. I Like, I watched a ton of television, but for some reason, the movie experience has always been, like, my love. And going to theaters and the whole, the whole thing. I just loved movies. I was influenced more by movies. I can quote more movies. I mean, I, of course, I love TV, you know, like, Seinfeld and Friends as like comedies and then a, pretty much exactly like what Dave just said like Lost really changed things for me that's where I was binging I got the DVDs watched it etc cetera, etc cetera. and like I love television I just love movies yeah it was the same for me like when I went to film school at Boston University I also only wanted to write movies they were what I loved movies were like I would buy the VHSs, I would buy the DVDs of movies. I didn't go to Best Buy and buy the DVD collection of television shows. I actually barely watched TV growing up. And I think a lot of it is because what you're saying, Josh, is like the shows that we had didn't feel, they weren't quite lost yet when we were growing up, right? Like that's just not what TV was. And so that's not the stuff that I was super interested in. And I think mostly because growing up, I didn't really have time to invest in anything that was like 22 episodes long or that I had to catch only at a specific time, only at a specific day, because usually I was out, you know, being a kid. Yeah. Then cut to film school and we have this option of taking a TV writing class and a friend of mine who is now a successful TV writer, I remember her being so excited about taking this TV writing class and I was like, 
what tv is lame like when am i ever gonna write for tv that's like the second class citizen to movies i have no interest in doing that movies are epic that's a theater experience that's what i want to do so i avoided every single tv writing class that we had in college which i later regretted and then found that when i actually got into the business i started realizing a few things about tv which is a it's like where most of the jobs in our business are because of course Almost every single show that you watch on television is written or at least brainstormed by a handful of people who are getting paid every week to pitch ideas and to write episodes of television. So it really is the most secure job you can get in this business is being a staff writer on a TV show. And that is super valid. I remember in early days, um, someone who's in Act 2, actually, Sono Patel, we were coming out of a script club for Act Two. She was like, Taja, why do you write these movie things? Like, you need to get into TV. She's a TV these creator. Movie yeah. She's like, what are you even doing? And I'm like, no, don't is way better. TV sucks. And she's like, okay, well, I'm here when you need me. Just trust me. It's like a really steady job. And then a few months later, she buys a house and she's just doing so well. <laughs> she was right. And then the other thing that I started to realize is that writers especially around the time that i started kind of when we were coming up in writers group i don't know if you guys remember this but that's when it kind of started to have this crossover between writers who would write for tv and write for movies and that's when you're starting to see like big actors suddenly make the transition into tv and i remember and i can't remember the exact actor that was but i remember a very distinct actor who made the jump to tv and it felt momentous it's like oh this is going to change everything like if this guy is coming into tv then that just opens the floodgates for all these a-list actors to do the same thing and sure enough that's exactly what we have i will say that i feel like my moment for that that i remember like crystal clear on my head is one of those moments where like i remember where i was when i first heard the news was just the announcement of true detective oh yeah and matthew mcconaughey and woody harrelson doing a show for hbo yeah that's a big one for sure those are film stars and i think too working at universal for so long i started to see how writers and films were considered just kind of tools for hire and then i kept hearing about this sort of magical world of television where writers were bosses and they could go on set for their episodes and the directors were like the tools for hire in television even more than writers were and these writers were considered this creative genius which is absolutely not how it's viewed in film at all we're very interchangeable i feel like in a film and then I started finding, it's interesting, Dave, you said that a lot of your ideas come to you as movies. I feel like somewhere I transitioned to all of my ideas started coming out as TV. And I got really mad because I wanted to write movies. <laughs> and all Can of my ideas. Can you tell me how you did that? No, I don't know. It just How you flipped that <laughs> switch? If I figure it out, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us. But that's actually where I kind of wanted to start talking about this is the idea process between film and TV. Because Dave, you are writing a TV pilot kind of for the second time. You, you, you started writing one a couple years ago. This is your second foray into it. You don't have to tell us what the idea is, but I'm curious like how you landed on this idea as the one that, okay, that's the one I'm going to write for TV versus that's the one I'm going to do for my next feature spec. I mean, funny enough, sort of half of the idea originated as a feature idea that I that I had been brainstorming a little bit here and there. And, well, to back it up a step, I just wanted to find something that I could write for TV. Um, because, like you said, I've pretty much solely been writing in features. And, you know, it's 2021, and it, it seems like this TV thing has kind of taken <laughs> off. So I figured I should try to dip my toe into that. And... I mean, I had been trying to come up with ideas for a couple of years now, and just everything that comes to me feels organically like a feature. And I w at the beginning of this year, I was uh, having a conversation with my reps, and we were talking about just what sorts of ideas to think of for, for TV. And one of my managers mentioned that if there's anything that can be used as, I guess, sort of IP that it can be based on whether it's, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, be like a book or anything like that, but it can be some sort of folklore, some, some sort of mythology. And then I suddenly just remembered this, I guess, urban legend 
uh, from the area where I grew up in Connecticut of this, it's just this ghost town that is supposed, it's, you know, this very old ghost town, like deep in the forest in, in northwestern Connecticut that is supposedly very haunted and cursed and there's all these old stories about it. And so I was like, oh, that, you know, that's an interesting real thing that I have a somewhat personal connection to. It's, it's close by to where I grew up. And I then remember this feature idea for this horror movie that I had been brainstorming. And so I kind of took the characters from that feature idea and the sort of overall situation that they find themselves in. And I tried to blend it with just this sort of bigger idea of this, this larger than life ghost town that sort of hangs over this whole town in Connecticut and it just felt it started to feel like there was a world there that I that I could explore yeah and I think that exactly what you say feels like it's the difference when you're thinking about tv ideas versus feature ideas is tv if the thing you're thinking about is a world and it's big character arcs that feels like it's tv if you want to dive really deep into character and world versus I think movies to me they come up as a concept that's cool or like a, a kind of open and closed story that I want to tell that has like a very distinct arc versus a, like a much longer, more complex arc for my character. So that feels like that's the difference and it's a little nebulous maybe, but I think there are some examples that kind of make that really clear. Like Game of Thrones, for instance, I think it'd be very difficult to turn that into a movie if you if you did make that a movie I think you'd have to pick you know one or two heroes and focus on a small version of their arc but Game of Thrones is fun because it's about this huge world that has a lot of scope to it um, that just has myriad dozens and dozens of stories that we want to pick up on West Wing I think is another example of a show that works as a show because it's about the world of the White House communications office. And that's actually a really interesting example because Aaron Sorkin actually first wrote that as a movie where it touched on some of these things, but it really focused on the president falling in love. And that was the story that's super contained, but you can see some of the elements that he ended up expanding on in the West Wing and making the world. But the movie version is just a very contained small story. So those are really good examples. And I think True Detective is another interesting example because that sort of fudges with this formula a little bit because it is a contained story, right? It's just one mystery. So it's not this big Game of Thrones world. It's but it's also not a movie because I think what makes it TV is that it's this extended character story that unfolds over time. And I think like a good comp is True Detective versus something like Seven, maybe. Like Seven could maybe be done as a series right now, but that would look so much different than the movie did. Like we would get to know so much more about Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, even Gwyneth Paltrow's character. We'd probably get into Kevin Spacey's head a little bit. We would just expand that so much in order for it to work as a show. But for a movie, it's, you know, it's more contained. It's, it's point A to point B really. So that's kind of how I think of it. Does that even make sense? That makes sense. I just want to say seven as a TV show would be amazing. Like, I feel like the cutoff head would really hit a lot harder <laughs> if you really got into that relationship in the final episode. Anyway. Someone go do that. Yeah. Okay, so I kind of have like a like a, a quiz. Is that okay? I'm going to surprise you with like a quiz. Yeah, this was unannounced. <laughs> yeah. It's a very Tasha moment right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. What could I do to spice up the podcast? Last time I'm ever coming on here. I'm going to give these guys a... <laughs> I'm going to give them a quiz. All right, I'm excited. Let, let's say I have an idea that is a heist set in hell. What do hell we heist? think... Hell heist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think the movie version of that is? And then what do we think the TV version of that is? I think the movie version is Ocean's Eleven set in hell. Okay. Can I add on to that? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for you to jump in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because when 
I, I feel like we're at the point where if you say heist, there is no way you can't not say Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. So I agree. It is an Ocean's Eleven situation set in hell where maybe there's like somebody going to get someone who is wrongfully put in hell mm. and then you assemble the team and then that's the mm. first act, second act, you're on your way into hell and there's some people who are finding out maybe they belong in hell. Maybe someone gets stuck there around the midpoint. Whoa. Act three, everyone needs to get out of hell. I just want to say that I didn't realize that we were supposed to come up with like I pitch. mean, he went above and beyond. You just you <laughs> yeah. just broke this story. Go write this now. <laughs> you've got the title, you've got the story. You're beating this thing out. Ocean's <laughs> eleven, meet seven, set in hell. <laughs> so then how is that different? Because that's I think that's very cool and definitely see that as a movie. How is that different from the T V version? I think the TV version certainly takes a lot more time to explore the world of hell. Yeah, so for sure. And the characters that are about to jump into hell. I feel like there's sins involved in this. Like, there has to be, right? Like, these people, mm. there's, like, people, like, debating whether or not they belong in hell. Could they get stuck in hell? Has someone once snuck out of hell? How do you even get into hell? How do you <laughs> yeah, get out of hell? Well, that, I think that brings up a good point in that the show probably explores a lot of bigger ideas than the movie. What? Yeah. Yeah. What is hell? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go in a very different direction now. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's great. Like just those two pitches are so different and I think completely clarify how you need to think differently when you do movies versus television. So you guys pass. You all you both get A pluses. Yeah. That was the whole question. I didn't have that to do it? anything. Yeah. You did it. <laughs> oh, sweet. I mean, are there instances where you can achieve the, st the same character development in movies that you can with television? So I was thinking about this because it feels like nobody, that movie that has recently come out, like that feels like the movie version almost of Breaking Bad. Not super quite, but it, they feel, that feels like if you were going to do the movie version of Breaking Bad, you would do something like nobody. Interesting. It's like a falling down, right? A guy who is... In this case, it, if it was Breaking Bad, it would be someone who's just found out that he's going to die and he reflects on his life and feels like he's such a loser and what has he done? And then he just kind of goes on this meth-building rampage. That's a movie version. It's less interesting. We're not going to love Walt the way we love Walt after watching however many seasons of Breaking Bad. But that's certainly a version of the movie, right? Okay. Another sort of topic I think that comes up when I think of the difference between TV and features is pacing. And for me, that was really hard to wrap my mind around. And when I first started writing for TV, I read a lot of TV writing books and a lot of them were very formulaic. The ones that I would read would make me mad because they'd be like, you need to have these many jokes on these pages. And by this page, you need this to have happened. And I just started getting really disheartened with the writing process because like if tv is this formulaic then i don't want to write tv so then i threw out the books and i just started studying television that i loved and i started watching the pilots of shows that i really loved and i would just write down every scene of what happened like the scene heading what what characters were in it what happened in the scene like what arcs were happening in the scene um because really, I was just trying to figure out where the act breaks were. And if it was a network show that had commercial breaks, that's very helpful because those are the act breaks. So I would write those down. And then once I had all of that in a kind of like script format or like an outline document, then I could look at it and start studying it. And I could figure out, okay, well, this scene ends this way. Why does it end this way? Oh, it's because it's trying to hook me into this thing over here. And this character is changing, but they only start changing at this part of the script. And, oh, that's interesting how character arcs are developed over the course of an episode. So there was that part of the education. Also, I would try to just read a bunch of TV scripts. And at the time, you could buy them at Barnes & Noble for really popular shows, which is what I did. Now you can find them online pretty easily. You just Google any script, basically, and you'll find it online. Be careful, though, because sometimes it's just someone who's a super fan who's just, like, typed out. Transcribed. The, yeah, transcribed yeah. the script. So don't you know don't read those that's not the same so to me that was a really hard thing about the difference i don't know if you're having that problem too dave about pacing 
Well, a little bit. I mean, it's it's definitely very different. To me, it just feels like just the storytelling has to be so tight and so efficient, which, I mean, of course it does in, in a film also, but, you know, in, in a TV episode, you only have, you have half the, half the real estate, basically, for an hour-long drama. And so it has to be so efficient. But then also, I think the interesting thing for me is sort of writing towards the hook, or like the cliffhanger. Like there's, you, you don't know the end of this. You're not writing towards the end of the story. Whereas in a feature, long before I start writing a feature, I know how it's going to end, how that story is going to end. And, you know, with, with writing TV, that's not at all the case. You're sort of just writing towards like the first jumping off point. So that, that, that to me has been sort of, I don't know if that answered your question at all, but that's about pacing, but that to me has been um, the biggest challenge. No, it is because you're trying to create a complete story that normally would just be your setup. And while that's true that the pilot tends to be like the first act of a movie in a way, like that's what they often say it is, it's a lot more than that too, because you're right, it still has to include a lot more than your opening setup would be because in a movie you have their whole second act that someone's already committed to they're going to watch your second act and they're going to you're going to answer some questions for them but you have to answer so many questions for them in the pilot because you may not get them for episode two for your equivalent of your second act that's where i think the being super incredibly efficient with the storytelling becomes the challenge just because you have half the real estate but you have to completely sell a world and a group of characters and sort of the world of these characters and it's 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 a lot to accomplish without just spoon feeding it to, to the audience it is hard i i have found that using index cards has been an extremely helpful tool in tv writing more than it ever was in a film i'm a little bit more loosey-goosey when i write a feature script and also i feel like i understand the pacing of a movie a lot better it's almost more intuitive to me so because tv pacing is not as intuitive to me and because you have to include so much in your pilot episode in any episode really i have found carding is really helpful in that when i put out my cards i will usually color code them to which character it applies to i'll write just a very basic headline what's happening in the scene and maybe like what the point of that scene is and then lay them out on a table and then i can be like oh yeah this is fat this could be episode two i don't need that there's too many scenes between my character a and where she comes in again in you know further in the episode so now that i can see like oh my character a is separated by eight cards that's not good because in a tv show you need your character a your main character to come back sooner and be more present so now i know i need to move that card over here and that's just not something you do in a movie you don't puzzle it together that way so that's been really hard but i do find that cards has been very helpful for that I also utilized cards in plotting out uh, this pilot, which I don't really usually do cards for a feature either. And you just brought up a good point that I also think has been a challenge, especially for, you know, specifically coming from the types of movies that I write, which are, you know, Welcome Home is essentially three characters in a house and sort of my, I feel like my bread and butter space in the future world has been contained thrillers for for a little while so it's these you know very minimal number of characters and very minimal number of locations and so all of a sudden having to juggle a whole world of different characters just brings a whole new set of of challenges that i'm very not used to and i'm kind of learning on the uh, on the fly here do you find it fun or do you find it annoying to have to keep track of all of those things? I find it really fun. It's, it's, you know, it's just, it's something different. It's something new. Yeah. It's, it feels like, it feels like it's flexing a, a different muscle. I was going to tell you guys a quick random feature story. Can I do it? Do or it. Are we still just, all Please. right. This is about having too many characters. I was writing today and I went back and read a script that I took some time off and then I got back into it and I was writing and it happens to be a script in a lot of locations, so like different rooms. And um, uh, there's a lot of characters that are kind of floating around. 
and I reread it and I realized I had forgotten completely about a character that I introduced and does something. And it's just so hard to keep track of all this shit. And while you're talking about this in television, it's not, not that I got like nervous hearing this, but it's, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it feels a little overwhelming to keep track of all of this and like their emotional arc and where they're at and where they're going and what's happening and what they're doing. It's, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah, it, it obviously happens in features too, particularly when you have maybe an ensemble cast or you just have a lot of moving pieces to, to take care of. Um, but yeah, cards help with pacing. I think the other thing that's been really hard for me in TV is that you have to say everything and also nothing at the same time. <laughs> like you have to say everything to keep the audience engaged and not confused, particularly for me, I'd be curious to hear about your experience, Dave, because you're writing kind of a mystery thriller. But for me, because I, I usually build worlds out of nothing, fantasy worlds or sci-fi worlds, it's very hard to explain what's going on, make people feel like they, they're comfortable in the world that, that you're feeding to them, but also hold back enough that they have questions and want to keep watching. That has actually been the most difficult thing for me to learn how to handle and manage. And it's different with every script. So it's always hard, it feels like. Yeah, the story that I'm working with in my in the pilot that I'm working on right now, it's about, you know, this group of characters who once were very close friends and now have kind of drifted and they all have their own secrets that they've held from each other. And so it feels like it's just very, you know, there's a ton of setting up these these secrets. What does this character know? What does this other character know? It can be very difficult. Yeah, I I feel like the line between how much you give away in order to sell your show to, to buyers, but also to the audience themselves versus how much you hold back in order to keep buyers in the audience wanting to ask more questions of you is the hardest thing about writing for TV. For instance, I have a show that has some magic in it and it's arcing to this really big finale that I think is really cool. I know where it's going. I'm really excited to one day maybe get there. But in the pilot, you don't know yet that it's going to be cool. <laughs> you don't know that quite yet. You just get like little breadcrumbs of it. And that has been so hard to peel back all the stuff that I know is very cool and like hold it back. And it's because you, the audience member, can't know that it's going to be that fucking cool. You just need hints that it's going to be cool. But what hints do you give them? That's always really hard. It's like, is this too much? You almost have to just play with it. Like put this in there, uh, you know, use this magic rule and have someone read it and be like, no, nah, that's too much. Like you almost don't know. Like for me, it's been trial and error, unfortunately. And it's just stressing me out just thinking about it. <laughs> you mean trial and error in the sense you get notes back and they're like, this is too much. This is too little. Yeah. And for me, like that might not be too much because I love this shit. But for the everyday audience who you might be writing for, that might be too much for them. And so it is just such a push and pull for TV more than I think for features. Uh, one silver lining that I have found, and this could be completely misguided. You obviously are far more experienced in the world of TV than I am. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But a silver lining has been that I, f I feel a little bit more freedom than I do in features in that I don't need to know everything for sure yet. Like if I think up something that I think is really fucking cool and could be a moment in this pilot, but I know is not something that is gonna pay off in the pilot, that that's something that I need to hold back for later in the series, I can like write the shit out of that moment and I don't necessarily need to know exactly how that pays off yet. Totally. That's very true. That is really freeing and really It awesome. kind of feels like cheating on homework <laughs> or something like that. Like it, it feels like I'm doing something wrong. But I totally get that. Yeah. One day you'll be asked, though, what is this? And you'll have to on the fly just come up with an answer. <laughs> yeah, I'll figure it out by then. <laughs> I sort of kind of feel like TV... Like your job as a writer is to just string people along and make it feel super fucking cool, but be really manipulative about it. Whereas in film, 
your job is kind of to tell like a really good campfire story and people are supposed to leave, go back to their tent, like have a good night's sleep and just be like so happy with the movie that they just experienced. Whereas in TV, you almost want them to be like up at night being like, how or is it going to go? What's going to happen next? What does that thing mean that they brought up over there? And like just to have a ton of fucking questions at the end of your pilot and the end of every episode, really. It is very appealing and I think just incredible that like exactly what you just said, how even at the end of a season, there can still be answers or, or excuse me, there can still be questions that need answers. I love the idea that you don't need to tie everything up in TV until you actually have to tie everything up in TV. Yeah. When you when you've backed yourself into the ultimate corner <laughs> like, oh, and there's man. no way that you can meet meet expectations. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But then you're good. Yeah, Who like cares? The, like Lost. Yeah, you've made it at that point. Like it's <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Which kind of brings me to another big hard part about writing for TV, which I don't feel like I have this problem in film, which is endings. Like how Dave are you finding writing the ending of a pilot versus a feature to be different? It feels to me like the pilot needs to feel like a self-contained story, you know, on one hand, but on the other hand, so open-ended that you know that, that the audience knows that this is just the beginning of something. Yeah. That's why I hate it. Those two things are literal opposites. How could those two <laughs> things exist at the same time? But they have to somehow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you almost have to look at it like if we're talking in feature language, it's, I guess it'd be you know, the break into act two is like the end of your the end of your pilot, sort of. Yeah, definitely. So that act one is a story. You know, it's a story of your protagonist living their lives and, you know, being forced out of their comfort zone into something new. And in a way that, you know, if you do your job correctly, in a way that should feel like a story. It's a story of the protagonist being pushed into something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely had the problem of having to rewrite the final scene of my episodes a lot where I've gotten notes back of like, this isn't very exciting. I don't want to watch episode two. And I'd be like, really? Like, I think this is really cool. Okay. And also it's very subjective what gets someone to, you know, click next on Netflix and get to the next episode or wait a week to see your next episode. So hooks endings of your episodes are so tough and i feel like don't be surprised that you'll have to redo that literal last scene a bunch because it's almost like a plug-and-play because what what happens at the end of your movie feels very important like you're building for two hours to this ending and it's it's the ending that's just the ending whereas for tv i feel like well we got to have a hook like what's the hook that's how you think about it what's the hook versus what's the ending of my episode and it's funny because in with a feature your whole job is to build to ultimately a satisfying ending and it feels like with a pilot your whole job is to build yes. to ultimately an unsatisfying ending yes they, they so need to not be happy at all with it ending right there they need to be so unhappy that they're going to keep watching exactly 100 percent hooks suck so it's the exact opposite of your job as a feature writer <laughs> yeah hopefully this doesn't undo all the many years of hard work you've done to become an excellent feature writer it's just suddenly all of your third acts are going to be really unsatisfying <laughs> <laughs> i hadn't even thought of that i'm never going to write a good ending again <laughs> uh the kind of last thing that dave you and i were sort of talking about back and forth as you were writing was just how much of the series do you actually have to plan out when you write the pilot? Like, how much are you planning out? Or what has that process been like for you in thinking about the series as a whole? And has there been parts where you're writing the pilot and you're like, well, fuck, I got to stop and think through what this looks like in the series before I can move forward because there's some there's something sticking in the pilot that I can't figure out until I know how that plays out in episode eight or whatever. I mean, for me, what I did, and this could be the horribly wrong way to do it, but, I, you know, I outlined and outlined and I figured out the characters and I submitted to writer's group and we kind of brainstormed a little bit and you guys were a lot of great help. 
and I got it to the point where I knew the mythology and I knew the backstory of this tragedy that these characters were dealing with. I know what happened in the past and I know sort of the, there's, I mean, I'm just talking in vagaries here, but there's a sort of a cover up that they're, that they're working with in the, in the present. And then I just decided to just try to write the coolest pilot that I could Mm -hmm. using, using all of that information. Yeah. But it's not, you know, I didn't, I in no way figured out all of the specific beats of the rest of the series, let alone season. Yeah. You have a kind of an ensemble cast in your show. Have you thought about their series arcs, like each one of them? Have you done any of that where it's like, this character ends here? Or do you have it in your head? Like, what's that process been like for those many characters? I I have it in in broad stroke terms. I, I would say, you know, I know, I obviously know where they start in the pilot and then I have ideas for where I would like them to end by the end of the series, mm-hmm. but I don't have, you know, every stop on the way there. Honestly, I think that's all you need to know. You just need to know where it's going. Not next, not even necessarily like, oh, this is how the series finale works. It's really just even generally where the show is going to end. It sounds like you have all that for your characters too. Like, I feel like if you know also maybe a few points in between your pilot and your series finale that are gonna be big turning points, that's also helpful. Even if those are very vague, you don't necessarily have to know how exactly you get there or how exactly it plays out. You just know that this kind of sort of happens. It's almost, it's like, it almost sounds like when you're talking about developing a feature, if, you know, if you're not doing a super intensive beat sheet where you're beating out every single scene of the feature but you may be just you know hitting the big moments the catalyst the break into two the midpoints your rock bottom your you know break into the third act and you have those in your head and then you just kind of go yeah like what you're describing almost sounds like the equivalent of that yeah i mean and i feel like if you have those made beats you can write your act one of your movie Kind right. of no problem, right? So that's the equivalent of writing your, your it's pilot. It's the easiest part. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting, too, how this morphs and changes over time and how much you figure out and how much you realize you didn't have figured out. Because I am going into a pitch in a couple weeks, and we're really just kind of starting to put together the materials now. Pilot is written. Format document is written. We have a sizzle reel we're going to play. And just today, literally, I figured out a really cool new part of the series that I didn't know until now that just came from someone's like offhanded note on my format document. And I was like, yes, like that. And it applies to the pilot and it will eventually play out over the course of the series that I just kind of hadn't thought of, but I was sort of writing to that anyways. Like that's how he got to that note to begin with was he, he assumed I was doing that anyways. And so it's really interesting because, and this happened on another pilot I have, like the exact same thing happened where someone mentioned like, oh, this, this show is about leadership. And I was like, holy shit, this show is about leadership. And like, yeah, it's all in there, but like, that's exactly what I want it to be. Now I should go back into the pilot and just kind of put some nuance in some of the dialogue to make sure that that theme really lands about leadership. But I didn't fucking, and I've been working on that script, that leadership script for like five years. And I still didn't really know that kind of aspect of it, you know? Like, it's really interesting how much you don't know in TV that you wouldn't know if you were writing a feature. That, that sounds awesome and also scary because of, you know, my, the fear there is then, so the note that you got, did you say it was today yeah. on, this, on this one other one that then sort of catalyzes this brilliant idea? Yeah. Did, do you now have to go back into the pilot and change stuff? No, because it's, it's, I can fake it, I think. You know, oh, nice. like it, it works. Yeah, it already works with what's there. It's just now going to play out differently over the course of the series because it's so open ended. Yeah, amazing. TV for the win. You can't get away with that in movies. It's like cheating. It's it's cheat. TV is cheating. It's a hundred percent cheating. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing with myself? <laughs> Josh, it's so weird because it feels like TV would be your jam. It really yeah. does. Yeah. And this whole episode is actually an intervention. 
for Dave and I <laughs> to get you to start writing television. <laughs> Yeah, I don't maybe. even want to write television, Josh. I'm doing this just to get us here. I'll I'll do it when I have the right idea, definitely. Hell heist. <laughs> I, I will say that, you know, for me, I was always could kind of take it or leave it. But just watching Tasha live the glory of television now for a couple of years, I was like, all right. I got to roll up the sleeves and yeah, and, and get into that. And are you having fun, though? Like, do you feel like. This I'm is having a, a lot gateway of drug for you for TV. Yeah, no, I'm having. A, I'm really enjoying it. It's um to me like one of the cool things that I've found is that you know writing a movie. Like we've said, you have the story that is a complete story in your head, and you sort of know from point A all the way to point Z, and you just by the time you get to the writing part of it, you're just putting it down on paper mm-hmm. in in a way. Whereas with this, it feels like. It's it's still a mystery to me, and I'm getting to know this world, and I'm getting to know these people, mm-hmm. you know, these these characters in there, and it feels like there are mysteries within the world that I get to discover. Yeah, and that that that's exciting, and the idea of finding out, the you know, peeling back the different layers of who these characters are, and finding out their deeper secrets that I don't even know exist yet. Yeah, that that's also very exciting. I think that's really well said and something that I'm really liking about TV is just how it all develops over time and you feel so attached to the characters and the story as it's building. It's almost like you're watching the show yourself and are getting like really excited by every episode and that's really fun. Exactly, because as I was giving that answer, I was like, I sound like an audience member. (laughs) You know, I sound like I'm describing a TV show that I'm watching, but that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, I agree. See, Josh, don't you want to do that? Doesn't it yeah. sound so fun? Definitely. When I, I, I've actually. What are you submitted, doing? <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've submitted ideas. I, I like, I've brought them into group. I've uh, brought in pilots that like outlines for them. I think, and I, I feel like the first question I get is like, why isn't this a feature? Like this <laughs> happened multiple times. I, I second guess everything. But yes, I feel like you should end. do what Dave is doing and just plow through an idea. Just go for it as TV. And I bet Dave, from now on, you will find yourself coming up with more TV ideas than you ever did before. God, I hope so. Yeah, no, there's no question. I feel like once you kind of like just challenge yourself and you get in that mindset, and then it starts happening over and over again because you just you understand how things work. Even talking about this, you can kind of see how you can start thinking about TV shows. Mm-hmm. If I have the right idea, I'm bringing it in. I'm going to talk to you guys about it. I'm so excited. <laughs> no, I actually, I watched a show called Upload over the, in the, while we were in the pandemic. And I loved it so much. And I was really inspired by like the 30 minute format that was, there was something about it that I just loved. It was in this cool world. It was fun. It was funny. It, it had like real themes to it. And I remember watching that and being like, oh, okay, this is exactly kind of like, what I would want to do in television where it's like very quick episodes or they feel very quick. I mean, but like so much is going on and I, I, that's, what's very appealing to me. I don't know if I could do like the hour right now. I'm, I'm binging with my wife Shit's Creek for the first time. Mm-hmm. Amazing. She's seen the whole thing before, but so she's showing it to me and just how you said about how the episodes feel so quick. That is exactly how I feel whenever an episode of Shit's Creek ends. Yeah. I love it. And I'm like, what? Like that, that just started. I want more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it. And I then, love it. And that I end up watching like six episodes a night. Yeah. All right. TV for the win. All right. So that's, I mean, that's very basic. Just, just conversation about this. They were just the, the stuff that Dave and I were sort of freaking out about together. Yeah. I did not. I certainly did not come here to teach anybody. No, absolutely not. It's it's really just like the fears and anxieties of writing for TV after you've written for film for so long. And those are the struggles that I've had, that Dave has had. I think everyone who's made that transition that I've talked to have had all of these same thoughts. So it's just, I think, helpful to know other people are going through it and to kind of hear a little bit about how they're moving past it. And hopefully, Dave, we will hear more about your tv writing journey let's hope so (laughs) fingers crossed a couple episodes from now we'll talk about how dave sold his pilot and (laughs) 
can now see Fingers it. Fingers crossed. I, yeah. like, I like your attitude. And he's panicked and because it... he has no idea where it's going to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they asked for a series document and... I don't know the answer to any of these questions. <laughs> okay, well, that, well, that, well that, that's, that is when I will be coming to writer's group. Yeah. Just tearing my hair out. Being like, you guys do this for me. Are there any other last thoughts about the process from film to TV? I sort of have a thought. Go. One last thing. While you were talking about this, it's like there's only film and television, basically, in terms of what we're talking about. And earlier today, I was reading about the Kevin Hart show that was on Quibi, which went over to Roku and now got picked up into a second season. And I think those episodes are like seven to 12 minutes. And I think we've all kind of been down the road where we've had either conversations or we've tried to write these very short form uh, episodes for things. And I wonder if at some point we're going to be having that conversation where it's like, remember when we all used to write television? Now we write, you know, short form. Can I say that I do not want that to happen? I hope that we never, (laughs) I hope that we never you know, enter that world. Why, man? But people have told interesting stories in that format, so I don't want to discount that as no, an interesting sure. way to tell stories. I, can, I guess it's just the slippery slope element of it. Yeah. That frightens me. Can can someone name one of the interesting stories told in yes. a short form? Yes, I so can. can I, yeah. yeah, so can I. When the Streetlights Come On, I think, was a Quibi series? I think it was called When the Streetlights Come On. Okay, there's one. I just remember that because it was an incredible blacklist feature script mm. like mm. 10 years ago or something. Oh, like interesting. That I, they just broke I it loved. up. And then it went, I think it went through, you know, a lot of development at different places and it ended up on Quibi. That's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. Also, Jeremy Ungar, who is in Act Two, who's a fantastic writer director, also did a Quibi show called Survive with Sophie Turner from game of thrones so it's possible and that like has a really high production value as well looks like a standard tv show really yeah no there's there's great stuff out there it'll catch on sooner or later something will break through all right i will wrap up then with the quote of the day there is only one plot things are not what they seem jim thompson Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act Two Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha 3.0. Or me on Instagram at Josh Hallman or Twitter at Joshua Hallman. And Dave. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, no no (laughs) social media handles. (laughs) Thank you, Dave, for indulging us in talking about writing. Of course, anytime. As always, the Act 2 podcast is a production of Act 2, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by 414 Beg, which you can find on Spotify. 